you will, take your Bibles and turn to the book of James chapter 4. Tomorrow is so unpredictable. We have much to learn from this text in the book of James today. We need to be reminded of some things that are very important. We need to recommit ourselves to things that really matter. And uh, I hope you understand the significance of this title in this text. A man was uh, eating dinner in an Applebee's, minding his own business, enjoying his meal, and a man comes up to him and says, I, I want you to give me your money. And the man said, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have any money. Upon which the robber stabbed him. Now, I promise you it never crossed that man's mind that that would happen. Not on his radar screen. That, that would, the day would unfold in such a way and end in such a crisis. On August the 23rd, a 5.9 earthquake shook Virginia and five neighboring states. One in Colorado. I promise you, no one woke up that morning and said, you know, I think we're going to have an earthquake day and I'm going to prepare for it. It just happened. They were doing business as usual. And the ground began to move. It wasn't anyone's projections. No one, if you look at my notes, no one is promised tomorrow. Not a single one of us. But everyone is guaranteed an eternity. Here's what James has to say in, in verse 13. Now listen. That means it's important, guys. When he says, now listen, he means pay close attention. I'm saying something you need to pay, you need to really take to heart. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this and, or that city and spend a year there, carrying on business and make money. Why do you not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag, all such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it is sin. Wow. James is saying, you Prepare and plan around tomorrows that may not come. So make good time of today. There's two thoughts I want to share with you just briefly about this text. Number one is this. You can live in the danger of perilous assumption in believing I can control my life and I have plenty of time. Probably the greatest mistake we make in all of our planning is that, number one, I'm in control of my life. I got it covered. And I have plenty of time. When I graduated from high school just a few years ago, I remember for our senior year, the theme uh, was this. I am the master of my fate, the captain of my soul. And we all thought that was such a great thing. We, yeah, we got goosebumps and our hair stood up. We thought, oh, it's, oh, it's great. Yeah. The master of my fate. 
I am in control of my life. I have graduated from high school. And the world is mine to take. And I cannot begin to tell you, I'm I'm approaching a, a reunion in September. And a lot of my buddies haven't done well in this life. Some still aren't around. Some got saved. Some went into eternity without without Christ. But this we all understood. Now, I'm not the master of my faith. I'm not the captain of my soul. Because if that is left up to me, I am a living disaster. But we make this assumption that basically we can control the events and the affairs of our life. We are assuming that we're self-sufficient, planning without acknowledging God. It's, now, please, it's not wrong to plan and prepare. That's not what James is saying. He's not saying, well, don't do anything. But he's saying as you plan, you must acknowledge God in your planning. Because God knows about all the tomorrows. He knows about all the turns in the road. And so at some point I need to say, God, if it's your will, and God, I'm going to trust you with this, and I'm going to let you go before me, but we can't just assume that I got it under control and think that's going to work for us. Because, my dear friend, please hear me. There'll come a moment in your time when you'll face a turn in the road that you have literally no control over. It's foolish to neglect God in our planning. That's what James is saying. We tend to think, well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I can make this happen, and that's going to work, and I'm going to do this. And and the truth is, we need God to accomplish what really is important and what really matters. And to be where he wants us to be tomorrow and next year and in the next ten years. It doesn't matter about where we want to be. It's where he wants us to be and what he wants us to do. We act acting in self-reliance. We think we, think we can handle life. And all the things it offers. Well, when you're young, you tend to think that. But when you finally get into the reality of how life flows and the blows it can deliver from the blind side of your life, you go, Lord, I I can't handle this. And when you finally come to the point of saying, I can't handle this, you're beginning to demonstrate wisdom. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean, don't lean on your own understanding. But acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. That's all James is saying. That's what Proverbs said. That's how Solomon penned it. Proverbs 27.1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Guys, I'm learning so, I'm learning so much about making each day really matter. And doing what really is important today. The temptation is because we think we're in control of our lives, we put things off because we'll catch them later. And sometimes we don't need to put things off, quite honestly. And so we look at this, there's thousands of possibilities that exist. A a thousand things can happen to our plans. Uh, The disruption of our future is no further away than a split second in an accident or a doctor's appointment that can change our life. Totally unexpected. The future of every person on earth is at most a small boat on a stormy and uncertain sea of life. And I'm not really qualified to be the captain of that boat. But we make those assumptions. 
Think, man, I'm going I'm I'm to get this done 10 years down the road. Not only that, we think we have plenty of time. Not only think we're in control, we have, I have plenty of time. Man, I, I'm, I, I got time. You know, now, hey, the 60s, the new 40, some say. Average lifespan's gone up for my generation. I got plenty of time. Or do I, really? There is an uncertainty in our days and an unpredictability about tomorrow. We need to realize that. Probably no greater illustration of the Bible than when Jesus spoke about a man who was pretty productive in life, very effective in doing things well and, and very efficient in how he ran his business. So much so that he was so successful, he filled up every warehouse he had. And he said to himself, man, I have done really good. I have done so well. I've accomplished all my goals. I've, I've met all my objectives and, and I've managed to uh, successfully fill all my warehouses. And man, we are good to go. As a matter of fact, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to build more warehouses because I've got this down. I've got this under control. I can make this happen because I am that good. And so I'm going to build bigger warehouses. And then I'm going to fill those warehouses. And I'm going to say to self, self, you've done so good. And I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry because I've done so well. But that night, the death angel came. And said, tonight, your soul is required of you. Your days have been numbered and counted. It's time to go. And Jesus said, this man was a fool. A fool that he had prepared to build warehouses, but never prepared for the dwelling place of his soul. He had prepared for success and prosperity. But never for eternity. And Jesus said, this man's a fool. Because he thought he was going to live forever. And I want to tell you something. Nobody lives forever here. No one's promised tomorrow. But everyone is guaranteed an eternity. In one of two places. But you're going to live forever somewhere. In a place God's designed for his children called heaven. Or a place designed for the devil and his angels called hell. But you're going to spend eternity somewhere. And you're not promised tomorrow here. I was sharing with a man one time talking about his soul. And he said, Pastor, I'm, I've got a lot I want to do. I, I'm trying to get some things done. I want to enjoy life. I want to live. and I, I'm just not ready to be a Christian. I think I'll... I'll make that decision when I'm 50. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. What if you don't live to be 50? I mean, you've got to figure out how to make it 20 more years, dude. There's nobody that will guarantee you 20 more years anywhere. Perilous assumption. Believe I control my life. and have plenty of time. Oh, it's not so. We're always complaining that our days are few and acting as though there would be no end to them. But my friend, there is an end that comes. And sometimes it's without warning and without announcement. But there's something else I want you to look at in this text. 
He says, I, I want you to know, don't boast and brag about your, what you control and what you can do and what you have because you're really not in control. But here's what he does. Anyone then who knows, knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it is sin. Remember, he's talking about time and tomorrows and days and calendar. Here's what I want you to know. You can live in the delight of peaceful action by acknowledging God's will in everything and by seizing the day because it could be your last. Here's where peace comes from, guys. Now, we know that the Lord Jesus, our Prince of Peace, He brings us a peace that passes all understanding. Please understand, it comes because we make certain actions. We put things into motion by what we decide to do. And He's saying, look, if there's things you know that are good that you should do, you need to do them. And if you do not do them, you have sin, meaning you've missed opportunity, you've missed a chance to do something eternal. He said, look, do what is good today. Don't put off doing good tomorrow. Do it today because you don't know about tomorrow. So I, I say this to you as we look at this. I think you seek and serve God daily. You don't wait till Sunday to do it. You do it every day of the week. You, 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 you read and you meditate on His Word. You, you, you do the work of evangelism. You do the work of ministry. You go as the day calls for it. And you make yourself available to the Lord. Lord, here I am. I am yours today. Do with me what you will. I, I will go where you want me to go. And I will say what you want me to say. And I'll talk to who you want me to talk to. I, I want to be where you want me to be today. As I go to work. As I fulfill my responsibilities at a job. As I uh, fulfill my obligations. Uh, as I live out my role in my family. God, I, I want to be used of you today because today I want to do something good. I don't want to put it off till tomorrow or till Sunday. I don't want to wait till Sunday to, to read the Bible. I don't wait till Sunday to talk to God about my life and my needs. I need to do it today. Man, we need to worship with believers weekly. I'm amazed how, how easily we just put off worship. And they go, well, I'll, if I miss a couple of Sundays, I'll, I'll show up next Sunday. Well, maybe you won't. What he's saying is, while we don't know what will happen tomorrow, we're supposed to live every day like it's our last. So if today was your last day, what would you do with it? That's the question you ought to ask yourself, and, and you ought to answer it. What would you do with it? All of a sudden, you want to put those things off that really, really matter because you think you got time to do them. And so... Uh, you do this, you grow in discipleship regularly. He was talking to the church here, guys, get, get your act together and get where you're supposed to be and do what you're supposed to do. Don't waste your time. Seize the day. But here's what I want you to really understand. If we do those things that are good, we ought to do them today. And if we don't do them today, we have sinned. I say that because we are really bad. We are horrible uh, because of our procrastination. We put things off. We say, you know, I need to make that phone call. I, 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 God's convicted me this way. I need to make that phone call. 
I'll do that tomorrow. I need to write a card. I'll do that tomorrow. I need to send that text message. Man, I was so excited this morning. I got, I've been getting text messages all morning. Uh, started at 7.30 and some of you guys have texted me praying for me. Pastors, obviously, they don't have an early service. They're, they're texting me and, and I'm thinking that's great. Well, God has given us an amazing ability that we carry with us every day. Basically, we should be able to do what we need to do. If I need to tell somebody something, if I need to give a word of encouragement, why can't I do that? Make that phone call. Sit down and talk to someone. Say the things you need to say today. Because, guys, you may not get a chance to do it tomorrow. That's all you're saying. If I need to tell someone I, I love you today, I need to do it today. I need to tell God that I love you today. God, I thank you for being my God and my Savior and my Lord. <laughs> say the things to God you say today. <clears throat> say the things to your family you need to say today. Men, you need to tell your wife that you love her today. I, it's kind of like, we're kind of like the guy that uh, was gone in for counseling with his wife. They were having marital problems and the, 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 the counselor said, what is the main problem? She says, he never tells me he loves me. And the, the counselor said, well, why don't you tell her that you love her? That's the only problem she's got. He said, I told her that I loved her the day we were married. If I ever change my mind, I'll tell her. <laughs> Guys, tell your wife you love her today. Matter of fact, you'll tell her every day. Wives, you tell your husband you love him today. It may never be an opportunity. I'm telling you. Tell your children you love them. Give them a word of encouragement today. Uh, give your grandchildren a word of encouragement today. Do the good you're supposed to do today. Man, tell somebody you forgive them today. Nobody. In this room, I don't care how much you love Jesus. You're not promised tomorrow. Barbara Olson, in hearing of the hijacked planes of 9-11, called her husband to tell him she loved him. Mm. That was her last word. You don't have to wait for a crisis to do what is good. We're supposed to do it every day. We're supposed to do it every day. And so... Destiny is not a matter of chance. It's a, it's a matter of choice. I, I make my decision. I don't have plenty of time. I, 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 don't, I, I, don't, I don't, I'm not in control. Because I could die tomorrow. I could die today. And as I leave, if I were to leave this life, I would want my wife to know that I love her dearly. Greatest woman I've ever known. I want my children to know they're precious. A gift from God. I want my friends to know that I valued our relationship. And I want my church to know that I'm grateful for the opportunity you've given me.
But the most important thing we're going to know and need, everyone needs to know about us if we were to die is where we're going to go when we die. Some years ago, I preaching and God was moving as at my second church. And one of those Sundays, the conviction was so heavy and you just knew someone was going to come forward and yet no one came forward. Had a full house, knew that people there need to be saved. I believe people attend this church every Sunday and need to be saved. Went through the Sunday and Young man, as I was at the door, young man who I'd led to the Lord, his man following Jesus, excited about Christ, had brought his sister to church that day. Introduced me to her. Says, my sister, she's here today. He said, Pastor, I enjoyed the message. It's great, you know. And then we talked for a minute, and, and she said, I enjoy being here. I'll be back next Sunday. What I remembered about her was she raised her hand during the invitation. And uh, but she didn't come forward. Sunday ended, Monday started. I got a phone call. Eight thirty. I'm going. Oh, okay. Eight thirty phone calls aren't good on Monday. There's been a car wreck. Two kids on the way to school, running late, ran a red light, got hit. Tragic. And one of them was. Young lady I'd met. Went into eternity. At 17. Wasn't what she counted on that day. Wasn't, in her, on her, wasn't on her calendar. She's going to school. Well, what happened? I went by and talked with the mom. I said, can I ask you, was she, do you know that she had a relationship with Christ? I don't know. I don't know. I talked with a brother and he said, Pastor, all I can tell you is she told me that she's going to be saved next Sunday. Next Sunday never came. You do good today. And one of the best things you're ever going to do is give your heart to Jesus. Today is the day of salvation. Do not harden your heart. Say, Pastor, you're trying to scare me? I'm trying to tell you the truth. And the truth can be pretty scary. You're going to spend eternity somewhere. God invites you to spend it with him. 